Chapter Thirty Three of Dope. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. Dope by Sax Romer. Part Fourth, The Eye of Cincinnati. Chapter Thirty Three, Chinese Magic detective sergeant combs and three assistants watched the house of cincinois and any one of the three would have been prepared to swear on the book that cincinois was sleeping but he who watches a chinaman watches an illusionist he must approach his task in the spirit of a psychical inquirer who seeks to trap a bogus medium the great robert houdin one of the master wizards of modern times quitted petrograd by two gates at the same hour according to credible witnesses but his performance sinks into insignificance beside that of a chinese predecessor who flourished under one of the ming emperors the palace of this potentate was approached by gates each having twelve locks and each being watched by twelve guards nevertheless a distinguished member of the wizard family not only gained access to the imperial presence but also departed again unseen by any of the guards and leaving all the gates locked behind him if detective sergeant combs had known this story he might not have experienced such complete confidence that door of cincinois establishment which gave upon a little back yard was oiled both lock and hinge so that it opened noiselessly like a shadow like a ghost cincinois crept forth closing the door behind him he carried a sort of canvas kit-bag so that one observing him might have concluded that he was moving resting his bag against the end wall he climbed up by means of holes in the neglected brickwork until he could peer over the top a faint smell of tobacco smoke greeted him a detective was standing in the lane below soundlessly cincinois descended again raising his bag he lifted it lovingly until it rested upright upon the top of the wall and against the side of the house the night was dark and still only a confused beating sound on the surrey bank rose above the murmur of sleeping london from the rubbish amid which he stood cincinois selected a piece of rusty barrel hoop cautiously he mounted upon a wooden structure built against the end wall and raised himself upright surveying the prospect then he hurled the fragment of iron far along the lane so that it bounded upon a strip of corrugated roofing in a yard twice removed from his own and fell clattering among the neighbor's rubbish a short exclamation came from the detective in the lane he could be heard walking swiftly away in the direction of the disturbance and ere he had gone six paces cincinois was bending like an inverted u over the wall and was lowering his precious bag to the ground like a cat he sprang across and dropped noiselessly beside it hello who's there cried the detective standing by the wall of the house which cincinois had selected as a target cincinois bag in hand trotted soft afoot across the lane 
and into the shadow of the dock building by the time that the cid man had decided to climb up and investigate the mysterious noise sinsinois was on the other side of the canal and rapping gently upon the door of sam tuck's hairdressing establishment the door was opened so quickly as to suggest that someone had been posted there for the purpose sinsinois entered and the door was closed again light ah fung he said in chinese what news the boy who had admitted him took a lamp from under a sort of rough counter and turned to sinsinois george came with the boatmaster but i signalled to him that the red policeman and the agent who has hired the end room were watching they are gone they gather men at the head depot and are searching house from house she who sleeps below awoke and cried out they heard her cry george waits he waits master he will wait long if the gain is great good sinsinois shuffled across to the cellar stairs followed by ah fung with the lamp he descended and brushing away the carefully spread coal dust inserted the piece of bent wire into the crevice and raised the secret trap bearing his bag upon his shoulder he went down into the tunnel reclose the door ah fung he said softly and be careful as the boy replaced the stone trap sinsinois struck a match then having a lighted match held in one hand and carrying the bag in the other he crept along the low passage to the door of the cache dropping the smouldering match end he opened the door and entered that secret warehouse for which so many people were seeking seated in a cane chair by the oil stove was the shriveled figure of sam tuck his bald head lolling sideways so that his big horned rimmed spectacles resembled a figure eight on the counter was set a ship's lantern as sinsinois came in sam tuck slowly raised his head no greetings were exchanged but sinsinois untied the neck of his kit bag and drew out a large wicker cage thereupon hello hello remarked the occupant drowsily number one police chop low sinsinois sinsin come my tingling crooned sinsinois he opened the front of the cage and out stepped the raven onto his wrist sinsinois raised his arm and tingling settled himself contentedly upon his master's shoulder placing the empty cage on the counter sinsinois plunged his hand down into the bag and drew out the gleaming wooden joss this he set beside the cage with never a glance at the mummy figure of sam tuck he walked around the counter raven on shoulder grasping the end of the laden shelves he pulled the last section smoothly to the left showing that it was attached to a sliding door the establishments of sinsinois were as full of surprises as a sicilian trinket box the double purpose of the timbering which had been added to this old storage vault was now revealed it not only served to enlarge the storeroom but also shut off from view a second portion of the cellar smaller than the first and containing appointments which indicated that it was sometimes inhabited there was an oil stove in the room which like that adjoining it was evidently unprovided with any proper means of ventilation 
a paper-shaded lamp hung from the low roof the floor was covered with matting and there were armchairs a divan and other items of furniture which had been removed from mrs sin's sanctum in the dismantled house of a hundred raptures in a recess a bed was placed and as sinsonwa came in mrs sin was standing by the bed looking down at a woman who lay there mrs sin wore her kimono of embroidered green silk and made a striking picture in that sordid setting her black hair she had dyed a fashionable shade of red she glanced rapidly across her shoulder at sinsonwa a glance of contempt with which was mingled faint distrust so she said in chinese you have come at last sinsonwa smiled they watched the old fox he replied but their eyes were as the eyes of the mole still aside contemptuously the woman regarded him and suppose they are keener than you think she said are you sure you have not led them here the snail may not pursue the hawk murmured sinsonwa nor the eye of the bat follow his flight smartest leg remarked the raven yes yes my little friend crooned sinsonwa very soon now you shall see the paddy fields of honan and watch the great yellow river sweeping eastward to the sea pa said mrs sin much very much you care about the paddy fields of honan and little oh very little about the dollars and the traffic you have my papers all are complete with those dollars from which i care not a man might buy the world if he had but enough of the dollars you are well known in poplar as mrs jacobs and your identity is easily established as mrs jacobs you join the mahratta at the albert dock i have bought you a post as stewardess mrs sin tossed her head and one what can they prove against your wan if you are missing mrs sin nodded towards the bed with slow and shuffling steps sinsonwa approached he continued to smile but his glittering eye held even less of mirth than usual tucking his hands into his sleeves he stood and looked down at rita irvin her face had acquired a waxen quality but some of her delicate colouring still lingered lending her a ghastly and mask-like appearance her nostrils and lips were blanched however and possessed a curiously pinched appearance it was impossible to detect the fact that she breathed and her long lashes lay motionless upon her cheeks sinsonwa studied her silently for some time then yes he murmured she is beautiful but women are like adder's eggs he is a fool who warms them in his bosom he turned his slow regard upon mrs sin you have stained your hair to look even as hers it was discreet my wife but one is beautiful and many shadowed like a copper vase and the other like a winter sunset on the poppy fields you remind me of the angry red policeman and i tremble tremble as much as you like said mrs sin scornfully but do something think don't leave everything to me 
she screamed tonight and someone heard her they are searching the river bank from door to door lo murmured cincinois even this i had learned nor failed to heed the beating of a distant drum and why did she scream i was keeping her asleep and the prick of the needle woke her chee chee crooned cincinois his voice sinking lower and lower and his eye nearly closing but still she lives and is beautiful beautiful mocked mrs sin a dull woman bloodless and nerveless so so yet she so bloodless and nerveless unmasked the secret of casma and she so bloodless and nerveless struck down mrs sin ground her teeth together audibly yes yes she said in sibilant chinese she is a robber a thief a murderess she bent over the unconscious woman her jewel-laden fingers crooked and menacing with my bare hands i would strangle her but there must be no marks of violence when she is found in the river chee chee it is a pity number one police chop law croaked the raven following this remark with a police whistle imitation mrs sin turned and stared fiercely at the one-eyed bird why do you bring that evil croaking thing here she demanded have we not enough risks cincinois smiled patiently too many he murmured for failure is nothing but the taking of seven risks when six were enough come let us settle our affairs the jacob's account is closed but it is only a question of hours or days before the police learn that the wharf as well as the house belongs to someone of that name we have drawn our last dollar from the traffic my wife our stock we are resigned to lose so let us settle our affairs smartest smartest croaked ting-a-ling and rattled ghostly castanets end of chapter thirty three recording by john brandon